0: Lock Talk Radio, Urban Glory Radio, simply Glory. Oh, yes, I'm changing, I'm becoming something better. I'm changing Eternally forever I'm a new creature In Christ alone I'm not what I was But so much more
1: the opportunity to study the word of God systematically and I'm delighted to share with you the word of the Lord. We are beginning a new series entitled Higher Learning Concerning Holiness. Let's pray and look to the Father. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We do thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We're going to begin in Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 8. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 8. The wilderness and the solidarity place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy. And singing the glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord. And the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are fearful heart. Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, and even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and the streams in the deserts, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty lands springs of water, in the habitation of dragons, where each lace shall grass be reeds and rushes, and the highway shall be there, and away way. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. As we approach this subject, I want to admonish the body of Christ on the value of us learning details on the nature of God. It is a revelation and reality of His nature that gives us confidence to go about living in the grace of His power. And as we study, we will refresh ourselves on the enlightened perspective of holiness. And we will see this subject matter as practical and achievable. We're going to start by examining what holiness is and what holiness is not. The prophetic declaration given in Isaiah chapter 35 by the prophet Isaiah depicts holiness as a route, a path, and a place. The significance about its description is what it delivers. A desert blossoming abundantly, even streams in the desert, parched grounds becoming pools, thirsty lands becoming spring. This not only affects the physical territory, but it also affects the territories with outbursts of healing, health, and holiness amongst the people. Hence the leaping like deers, blind eyes receiving sight, deaf ears unstopped, and the dumb singing and rejoicing. This all stemming from the Lord's vengeance and recompense for Israel's captivity. A prophetic foreshadowing of our salvation. The promise of a perpetual blessing in spite of the fashions and the customs that this present world depicts. The prophetic declarations is a shouting of God's upcoming verdicts. His plans for his people that accepts his plan to escape to this higher way. His way. King Uzziah, when he saw the Lord, said he saw him high and lifted up, and his trains filled the temple, and the angels cried, Holy, Holy, Holy. It was a place, a setting, an atmosphere where God could fully display his nature and how he fully exists. And as we gain a greater concepts on the identities around our salvation, we are afforded opportunities to experience why we why we dare pant after knowing God like deers that panteth after the water we should never become loose in our minds about the privilege to entertain fellowship with God let's think about that today fellowship with God and this is where holiness comes on the scene it is our greatest efforts to depict what we experience when we engage the personhood of God the power of God and the promises of God Unfortunately, there have been a lot of restrictions and, and a lot of erroneous concepts around holiness that has quite frankly turned people off. Rules and restrictions to control people's personal lives down to what they wear and how they conduct themselves. And it has been shunned as if holiness is demonic in origin. Even though it is a higher way and the expectation of God for us to achieve it in this lifetime of superior holiness, personally, very few even attempt to define and adapt the convictions of holiness to practical living. Then in recent times, there have also been a great redefining of the sacred languages and concepts set to prefer the intentions of God through dulling the quality of life and godliness. It stems from the distortion of knowledge and the eradication of the absolute truth and errors in informing the Christian ethics being unreachable and impossible. They say stuff like, after all, no one is perfect, excusing deviances from the standards of righteousness and deviating from false interpretation of scriptures and is conforming Thus motivating this lesson to reaffirm our position to absolute holiness. A systematically um, endeavor to go through God's word and abstract as much as we can of establishing functional holiness. So for our second section, we want to establish functional holiness. Let's glean from the Old Testament convictions revealed in scripture about holiness. The scripture declares that both to the genealogy of the priests by the house of their fathers and the Levites from 20 years old and upward in the charges by their courses and the genealogy of all the little ones, their wives and their sons and their daughters through all the congregation for in their set office they sanctified themselves in holiness. Also the sons of Aaron and the priests which were in the fields of the suburbs of the city. In every several city, the men that were expressed by name to give portions to all the males among the priests and to all that were reckoned by genealogies among the Levites. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judea, which is Israel, and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work, (laughs) <laughs> he began to serve of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, and he did it with all his heart and prosper <clears throat> second chronicles thirty one seventeen through twenty one two basic concepts in the Old Testament for the reality of holiness. you can write them down number one is writing. And number two is worship. Now when I say writing, I'm not speaking in the scripture of something on paper, but rather a symbolic wardrobe adorned by the first priest engraved in gold, in plates of gold. It was the writing of a solemn oath devoting themselves to the service of the Lord. And it was as um it was who they are and what they were all about. Holiness Unto the Lord is what they scribed on their, on their gold plates. And then worship, which is, was the core sacrificial offering before the Lord for pardon of sin, promises and visit, provision through prayer for the sake of peace. It was these two concepts that serves as the foundational function for the, for the covenant oath and the call to worship, which we get holiness from. Of a popular scripture to read as it pertains to holiness is found in Psalms 29. I'll read the whole chapter for you real quick. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord the glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the water. The glory of God thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the setters. Yea, the Lord breaketh setters of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like young unicorns. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to cl- clay to calve, rather, and discovereth the fortress forest, and in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. So here's another confirmation of of the scriptures depicting in the Old Testament uh, holiness as a writing of the oath of the covenant. And also a way of covenant of, uh, or a way of of a call to worship for the sake of peace for the people of God. The psalmist and the prophet speaks of holiness as a reflection and a devotion to the nature of God. So when we say his nature, we are observing his ultimate character, conduct, and conviction. So from this point, let's establish a healthy outline on God's nature with these basic truths concerning him involving himself with humanity. Number one, God's nature thrives off of his love for humanity. God is love. Love for humanity is is the source of his creation, who he is and what he's all about to humanity. He gives pleasure in us taking our rightful place, and that is the center of his will. The scripture says in 1 John 4 Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not God, (laughs) he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because God hath sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, and herein is his love, not that we love God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. And hereby we know that we dwell in him, because and he in us, because he hath given us. His spirit. So God's nature thrive off of his love for humanity. Because God is love. And God's love for humanity sparks the source of his creation. And it is who he is and what he's all about. He gets pleasure in us taking our rightful place in the center of his will. Because he gives us his spirit. And his spirit is sealed in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love is perfected in our heart by the Holy Ghost. God is love. Secondly, God's nature serves as the source of our salvation. You remember back in the, at what we read that he will save his people in Isaiah 35? He is the source of our salvation. God's nature serves as the source of salvation, transferring covenant to them that dare fear his holy and righteous name. It is a sacred reverence to his name through the redemption that we have adoption Atonement and access to God's best. God came that we might God so love the world that He gave His only begotten Son that who would believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's best. And in first Timothy chapter two verses one through seven it says, I exhort you therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. For it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between uh, men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself uh, a ransom for all to be testified, In due time. What does that let us know? That God's nature serves as the source of our salvation. Transferring the covenant to them. That dare fear his holy and righteous name. And it serves as a sacred reverence for his name. Through the redemption. That we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. That we receive adoption. Atonement. And access to God's best. God gives his best. So that we can experience this peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So these attributes help us understand God's nature even the more. Thirdly, God's nature is set to take a habitation in our hearts, providing an inward stability by the Holy Spirit and by acknowledging and awakening us to the advantages we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the scripture lets us know and this is a healthy passage, but I think it's it's a powerful one Hebrews chapter three verses five through nine. It says for every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in his in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as the Son over his own house, whose house we are, or are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye hear my voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, meaning that the times past, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers t- um, tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for, for forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, because it's uh, because and said that they do err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. The scripture goes on to say, "So I swear, in my wrath, that they shall not enter my rest." And they didn't. So then the Hebrew writer tells us to take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. While it is called today. lest any of you be hardened. Through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast. Unto the end. While it is said today. If ye will hear my voice. Harden not your heart as in the provocations. So here we see that the nature of God is set to take place in our heart, to take a habitation in our heart, providing an inward stability, through and by the Holy Spirit, the man Christ Jesus, uh, um, the man Christ Jesus our Lord. And of course you know when the word Christ is set in front of, of the name Lord Jesus, it is set as a an authoritative indication that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that dwelt in Christ Jesus. And if we be dead with him through his death, we also live through him in his in his resurrection. And in living in the resurrected life, we are we are receiving revelation from God about his nature so that we can have confidence in approaching God. As I conclude, I want to give you three enemies to holiness. Now I could tell you and go through a historic, historical narrative about what holiness was claimed to be historically in time. But I, I thought it would be better to give you a nut and bolt systematic way of learning that The enemies of holiness is described as religion that is accepted without proper time of thought. Because the Lord says, in all thy getting, get an understanding. So when you adapt, adapt to a practice and a pattern and principles without really knowing what they're all about, it's a religion that is defiled. Of course, there's pure and undefiled religion that is birthed out of the habitation of God's Spirit in our heart. But religion that is accepted without proper time of thought becomes an enemy to holiness. Another enemy to holiness is rules that are applied without understanding. Meaning that you start doing things just to fit in a group or a culture that has been created amongst the community of faith that is not founded upon the authoritative voice of the spirit. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict you of sin because of righteousness. If you go back to John fifteen, the roles, the rules, and the rights of the Holy Spirit are are depicted, and then Jesus are, are confirms it with a prayer that brings you into a oneness by the Holy Spirit, so that the that that you can to be a partaker of His divine nature. So when rules are applied without understanding and religion is accepted without proper time of thought, they become enemies to holiness. And then also restrictions on conduct without the character and the ethical convictions that come from the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit's job to reveal to you what is right. And wrong, and if there is no relationship established with the Holy Spirit, then those restrictions that you placed upon yourself, either by religions or r- rules without understanding, becomes enemies to true holiness so based on our understanding from isaiah thirty five and psalms twenty nine and second chronicles thirty one and also in first John four and and uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and Hebrews 3 we can find five things that we know about holiness and this world we'll pick up the next time number one holiness is a reflection of the nature of God that's what we just talked about number two holiness is a revelation of of his plans for humanity. Number three, holiness is a reform enabled by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is what we've just been talking about. Surmise. And holiness is a right way to ultimate living to live as Christ, to die as gain. And then holiness is a reliance upon the nature of God to reveal what's next and what's worth and what's more. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that this is the beginning of a higher way concerning higher learning, concerning holiness. Father, give us that heart again that makes us steadfast And make us unhardened so that the deceitfulness of sin will be eradicated by our confidence in Christ. Being made partakers of his life, his love, and ultimately your ultimate way for us through holiness. Help us have conviction and power to see the truth through your word that makes us free. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that this is the beginning of a of a great appreciation for holiness that can work, for holiness that is real. We thank you for your presence. And Father, we know That your word will not return void, but accomplish that which you purposed it to achieve this day. And for that we praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I've only begun the teaching, but we have more to come. And I know you will be blessed by what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Continue to listen to the broadcast. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do. Because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. God bless you and good night.